For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part 21 of the series. Now, we need to remember that it is the role and function of the Messiah to gather and to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what Yeshua's ministry centered around. And in doing so, when he raised up disciples, he is going to send them out to the nations of the world to proclaim Yeshua, gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel, the return to the Torah, and proclaiming his Messiahship. Yeshua in John chapter 10 in verse 14 and verses 16 and 17 explained that he died on the tree for the purpose of gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. In John chapter 10 and verse 14, Yeshua said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. Then he goes on to say, and he's speaking here in John chapter 10 to Pharisees, who is the southern kingdom or the house of Judah. He is explaining to them the following. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Who's he speaking of? He is speaking of the northern kingdom or Ephraim or the ten tribes. And he goes on to say, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice. In other words, they will believe that I am the Messiah and they will ultimately follow my Torah. And then there will be one fold and one shepherd. So Yeshua explains that he has two sheepfolds and one of those sheepfolds is not the sheepfold that he is speaking to. He's speaking to Pharisees. He's speaking to Jews. He is speaking to the southern kingdom. He is speaking to the house of Judah. And then he says that the two sheepfolds, they are to become one sheepfold and he just said that he's the good shepherd so he's going to rule and reign over a united sheepfold. Then after stating that he has two sheepfolds and they're going to become one and he's the good shepherd over them, then Yeshua says in John chapter 10 verse 17 therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life. Why is he laying down his life? He's laying down his life to take two sheepfolds and make them one of which he is going to be the good shepherd over. This is repeated 
understood in John in chapter 11 verses 49 through 52. Now when Yeshua said that he's a good shepherd, he was making a reference or an allusion to Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 11 and 13 where it will tell us that the good shepherd is going to gather the sheep from the nations where they've been scattered and bring them into their own land. In Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 11 it is written, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. In addition to Yeshua stating that he died on the tree to take two sheepfolds, unite them and make them one of which he's going to be the good shepherd over, this is repeated in John chapter 11 verses 49 through 51. Caiaphas, the high priest, prophesied that Yeshua would die for a particular nation as it is written. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year. He prophesied that Yeshua should die for that nation. What nation is Caiaphas prophesying that Yeshua would die for? It is the southern kingdom. It is the house of Judah. It is the Jewish people. And then it says in John chapter 11, verse 52, and not for that nation only. So how many nations is Yeshua dying for? He's dying for two, that nation and not that nation only. And who are these two nations? Well, they're described this way, that he should gather together in one the children of God scattered abroad. So who are two nations, who are the children of God, and who are scattered abroad and are to become one? This would be northern kingdom and southern kingdom. So we see that twice it is stated in the book of John. First, by Yeshua himself in John chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, that he is dying to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And then this is repeated in John chapter 11, verses 49 through 52. In his commentary on the Torah by Moses Nachmanides, or known as the Rambam, in page 68, Nine, he explains that redemption is a purchase and I will redeem you. The meaning of the word ga'ula or redemption in Hebrew is close to the subject of macher, the Hebrew word for sale, thus implying that I will buy you from the Egyptians. In Zechariah in chapter 9, verse 9 and verse 11 and 13, we can see that both houses of Israel are redeemed by the blood of the covenant. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it is written, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes unto you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. And as for you, by the blood of the covenant, I have sent forth your prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. And who is this speaking of? It says in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 13, when I have been Judah for me and filled the bow with Ephraim. So Judah and Ephraim are going to be redeemed by the blood of the covenant. We can see how this redemption is through the shed blood of Yeshua the Messiah. In Acts chapter 20, verse 25 and verse 28, it is written, And now, behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone, preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock 
over the which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed the congregation of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. In 1 Corinthians in chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it is written, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we can see that Yeshua died on the tree to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel, and he's going to do it by shedding his blood. It is through the blood of the covenant. In 1 Kings chapter 8, in verse 46, it explains that near and far off are descriptions of the exiles of Israel. As it is written, if they sin against you, for there is no man that sins not, and you be angry with them and deliver them to the enemy so that they carry them away captive under the land of their enemy, far or near. So it talks about being carried away captive to the land of the enemy. In being in exile, they are described as being far or near. In Daniel chapter 9 verse 7 it is written, O Lord, right Righteousness belongs unto you, but unto us confusion of face, as it is this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and far off throughout all the countries where you have driven them. So in being driven to the nations of the world, the exiles of Israel are being described as near and far off. Who would be near? It would be the southern kingdom or the house of Judah or the Jewish people because it speaks of them when it says the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Then the northern kingdom or the ten tribes or Ephraim is described as being far off. In Ephesians in chapter 2 verse 13 and verses 17 and 18, Paul used these terms near and far off in speaking about the exiles of Israel explaining that through the the shed blood of Yeshua, he is going to make the two one. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13, but now in Messiah Yeshua, you who were sometimes far off, who was far off? That was the northern kingdom. You are made near by the blood of Messiah. And he came and preached peace or shalom to you, which were far off, that is the northern kingdom, and to them that are near, that is the southern kingdom. For through him we we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, Yeshua had disciples, and among the disciples that he had who learned his teachings, there were fishermen. And it says in Matthew in chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, And Yeshua, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. There is a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 16 verses 14 through 16 that fishers would be sent to the exiles of Israel as it is written. Therefore, behold, the days come, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said the Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord lives that brought the children of Israel from all the lands where he has driven them, and I will bring them again into their own land. 
Speaking of bringing them into their own land from the nations of the world where they've been scattered, it says in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16, how this is going to happen. Behold, I will send for many fishers, says the Lord, and they shall fish them. This is why in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, Yeshua said unto his disciples, come after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. I will train you and teach you how to become fishers of men. Well, a fisherman catches fish. And in Genesis in chapter 48 and verse 16, in the blessing that is given to Ephraim and Manasseh, they are regarded as being fish that will multiply. In Genesis chapter 48 verse 16, it is written, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, that is Ephraim and Manasseh, and let my name be named on them, the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Where the King James has let them grow, the word grow is the Hebrew word dagah. It is the Strong's number 1711 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And what this literally says in the Hebrew is, let them increase as fish in the earth. However, fish don't increase in the earth. They increase in the sea. So the King James did not translate this verse literally. They instead translated it as let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So we can see here that in the blessing given to Ephraim and Manasseh by Jacob, they are regarded as fish that multiply. That is why Yeshua said in Matthew in chapter 4 verse 19, follow me and I will train you, I will teach you, I will raise you up to be fishers of men. Now the word men here, if you take it back to the Hebrew, the word would be Adam. And Adam is a term that refers to all mankind, but Adam is also a term that refers to the nation of Israel. In the art scroll of Ezekiel on page 30, it explains that in Ezekiel in chapter 36 and verse 10, that the Hebrew word Adam or men is used to describe the nation of Israel who is the sheep of his pasture. When Yeshua was resurrected, Resurrected, he appeared to many following his resurrection, and we have the account of that in Acts in chapter 1 in verse 3, where it says, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen in them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So after Yeshua is resurrected, he appears to many for forty days, and he's teaching on the subject of of the kingdom of God. And so they know that it is the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So Yeshua is resurrected and they want to know when are you going to gather the 12 tribes of Israel? And that is the question in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6, as it is written. When they therefore will come together, they ask of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Well, you can't restore something unless it originally was, and then something happened to it. It got into a deteriorated state, and then you want to bring it back to how it originally was. Well, when did we have the original? 
original full kingdom of Israel. It was when King David ruled over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem. But following the reign of David and Solomon, the kingdom was divided into northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and it has not been united since that time. Well, how is it going to be united? Well, that is the role and the task and the function of the Messiah. So Yeshua is speaking to those who know that he is the Messiah. They know that this is the messianic task. So they ask him, when are you going to do this? And so Yeshua answers the question in Acts in chapter 1 in verse 8, where it is is written, and you will receive power. This word power is dunamis or miracle working power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses of what? That is an answer to the question of, are you going to restore again the kingdom to Israel? You will receive power to be my witnesses of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea. That is the area of the southern kingdom or the house of Judah or the Jewish people and in Samaria. And in the first century, those of the northern kingdom lived in Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why the uttermost parts of the earth? Because the exiles of Israel were scattered to the ends of the earth. And by reaching out to the exiles of Israel, going to the ends of the earth, the whole world would hear the message that Yeshua is the Messiah and that he died on the tree to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And that if you believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, you are to express your faith in him by loving him, keeping his commandments, following his Torah. And the redemptive work of the Messiah is to gather the exiles of Israel and bring them back to the land of Israel. Paul taught the ingathering of the exiles as he himself testified before King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26 in verses 6 and 7, where he says, And now I stand and am judge for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come. Well, if there's a promise that our twelve tribes hope to come, it hasn't happened yet. So we haven't had the unification of the twelve tribes of Israel by the Messiah. But this is a promise that was made to the forefathers, and it is what's prophesied by the prophets of Israel as as well. Paul, in his ministry, when he went out and preached Messiah, not only did he share why and how Yeshua is the Messiah, but in doing so, he shared that Yeshua died on the tree to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And so we have an account in Acts in chapter 13 where Paul is doing this in various synagogues. And it says in Acts chapter 13 verse 44, and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But what was happening here that is explained in Acts chapter 13 is there were those among the Jews who were contradicting what Paul and Barnabas was saying. And as a result, they got frustrated and it says in Acts chapter 13, verse 46, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And he goes on to say in Acts chapter 13, verse 47, For so has 
the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set you to be a light of the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. So Paul sees that his commissioning to go to the non-Jewish world comes from Isaiah in chapter 49 and verse 6. This is what he is quoting from. In the book of redemption by Moses Nachmanides or the Ramban on pages 25 and 26, he speaks about this verse that Paul is quoting from and indicating his calling to teach to the non-Jews in the nations where he goes. It says here, And now says the Lord that formed me from the womb to be a servant. It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the offspring of Israel. And the commentary to this is that this alludes to the prophecies in general in which the people spoke concerning all of them. That is, the ten tribes lost in the Assyrian exile and the two tribes in the Babylonian exile. And so it is understood that these verses in Isaiah in chapter 49 verses 5 and 6 is speaking about the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, continuing on in Isaiah chapter 49, in verse 9, it says that you may say to the prisoners, go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. We're going to see here that in the Jewish commentary, they see that the prisoners here is a reference to the northern kingdom or the 10 tribes or Ephraim and for them to go forth. That is to leave their exile. It's a prophecy that the day would come when the northern kingdom would no longer be exiled into the nations of the world. In the book, A Matter of Return by Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg, on page 132, it is explained, prophesying about the future return of the exiles to their land, Isaiah states that you may say to the prisoners, go forth. To them that are in darkness, show yourselves. The Midrash Rabbah explains that the prisoners denotes the tribes residing beyond the Sabathian River. And this is a reference to the northern Northern Kingdom or the Ten Tribes or Ephraim. Then in the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 7, page 172, referring to this verse of Isaiah chapter 49, verse 9, saying to the prisoners, go forth. This speaks to those who are exiled to this side of the river Sabachin. And the commentary says this allusion is to the exile of the Ten Tribes to Assyria. So what we've covered so far in this teaching is that Yeshua explained in John chapter 10 verses 16 and 17 that he's going to die to take two sheepfolds who are one and to unite them and he is going to be the good shepherd over them that is repeated in John chapter 11 in verses 49 through 52 and in gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel it's going to initially be set forth by the shed blood of Yeshua the Messiah this is how he's going to first forgive them of their sins and then when Yeshua was asked in Acts in chapter 1 verse 6 when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel when are you got to unite the 12 tribes of Israel he says now initially it's going to be through an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and he trained disciples who he was going to send out to the nations to proclaim 
that he is the Messiah, to repent of their sins, to follow the Torah of the Messiah, and that ultimately the Messiah is going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. That among his disciples, he sent out fishermen, because there's a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 through 16, that the fishers will be sent to the exiles of Israel. And so then we see that Paul's ministry, as he himself testified, that he said that he was proclaiming the ingathering of the exiles of Israel. This was a promise that was made to the fathers, which the 12 tribes hoped to come. And then in stating that he's being sent out to the non-Jewish world, he's quoting from Isaiah in chapter 49 and verse 6. And the context there in Isaiah 49 is the gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel with then a specific reference to the 10 tribes of the northern kingdom or Ephraim in Isaiah in chapter 49 and verse 9. Well, that's going to conclude part 21 of the series on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.